We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday. It's June 7th. It is 2022. We have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I am joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07, Grant Nefer. What's happening, my friend? Not too much. Just another day of gambling. I'm really liking this slate. There's one picture in particular that's cheap that I might go 100% all in on. I like it. Those are always... Um, that always makes the slate even more fun. So um, can't wait to to see who it be. <laughs> it's an exciting one. Hashtag English. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, I, I think this is a much better slate than Monday's slate. Even though I, I'm liking how Monday's slate's kind of shaping up for my teams. Um, have a really good like Mets stack and they scored three in the first and Snell is super chalky like I expected. So We'll see how Monday ends up, but I mean, I have a really live team and um, I'll be following that as we record, but you can check Grant out. It's Monday through Friday, right? Monday through Friday over there on the scores and uh, scores and odds YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe and like all that stuff. 
He does a free sports betting every single day, live locks. Um, sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's 50 minutes. So make sure you're checking that it's out. 50 minutes if Dean's on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, I heard he's getting his own like Discord channel, and um, that is going to be the craziest thing, man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm rallying for uh, the Dean's Donkey Discord. All right. For the name. That, that's my, my pick. Me and my buddies, um, disc golf, like our doubles team name is Donkey Kongs. So solid. Well, there's a disc in disc golf. It's a prototype disc called the Kong, and we both throw it a ton. So we're the Donkey Kongs. Nice. So, all right, let's talk about some baseball. 12 games here. A lot to break down, a lot to talk about. Appreciate everyone listening each and every day. Love all the good comments that we get all the time. Listen, bad comments are t- good too. If you have recommendations, if there's something that you feel like we're missing on the podcast, hit me up. I'm pretty, pretty easy going. We got the Cubs at Baltimore. Nine total in this game. It's a pick'em game. Every single book that I looked at, it's a pick'em game. We have Keegan Thompson going up against uh, Kyle Bradish. Any interest here in Keegan Thompson? I mean, Keegan Thompson hasn't been awful so far this season. He is priced at 6.7K, but I don't know if I'm going to end up going with him. He's had some decent starts. Baltimore is an above-average strikeout team. But, I mean, I'm worried about how late he's going to go in the game, like I am every single time. Hasn't gotten over 90 pitches a single time this season. Has been fairly efficient in some starts recently. But 6.7K for a guy that might only is probably only going to go five innings max. I don't, I don't know if I can pay that price tag. I mean, last time out against St. Louis, they did let him attempt the sixth inning. Um, I think he gave up a walk with um, one out, and they yanked him at 89 pitches. But it was the most pitches he's thrown this season. Um, and the fact that they let him go into the sixth, I think he has I think he has some ceiling here. Baltimore, 23% K rate against right-handed pitching this season. They ranked 24th in WRC Plus against righties. He's 6,700. If you get 20 fantasy points at 6,700, that's super solid. He's also someone that on prize picks has come in at like three and a half strikeouts a couple times. And if that's the case, I, I like that as well. I even think I like the over if it's four and a half here, Grant. Um, I think that's kind of where I would limit myself. But the fact that he got 90 was going to get 90 plus pitches last time if he didn't walk that guy in the, the six um, is a huge step against a, a Baltimore team. It just strikes out a lot. Kyle Bradish on the other side of this game. If this guy, like the umpire in this game matters because both of these guys struggle a little bit with control. Um, So if you get like an extreme pitcher's umpire, it could be huge for both of these guys. But I mean, Bradish is allowed at least one home run in every single game that he's pitched this season. He has thrown in the nineties a couple times, but he just really hasn't had a great game outside of one St. Louis matchup. Uh, This is the guy I'm all in on. Okay. He's 5.1K. This kid is actually good. One of the biggest differences this far into the season or this many innings between ERA and XFIP. He's sitting at 6.82 ERA and a 3.72 XFIP. This guy is a solid, solid prospect. The K stuff has been there, and he's had some tough matchups. He faced Boston when they're on an absolute tear in Boston. Tampa Bay, New York at St. Louis, which he absolutely dominated. Boston, again, he's had really tough matchups. And the non-tough matchups, he's actually performed pretty well. I'm not expecting over 20 points, although I wouldn't be surprised if he did end up with over 20 points. This guy is a guy that had 
30% K rate pretty much all the way up through the minors has great stuff. Um, starting to come on his own and like, yeah, so you say the walks are an issue, but he's still only sitting at 7.6%. Still got solid enough control. I think these 4.6K um, implied uh, total for the Cubs is going to scare people away. But I absolutely love Bradish in this spot here. I'm, I'm going all in on him today. I hear you. Um, he was definitely someone that I had written down uh, for a tournament play here. I think both of these guys are tournament pitchers. Um and I know you're more of a tournament player DFS wise anyway. So I think Bradish and Thompson, both really solid tournament plays. Let's talk bats here. I know how much you like Bradish. Is there any Chicago bats that you like here? I'm staying away, but I'm a little bit jaded here. Well, I'm not going to really argue with any individual bat that has power. Hap, Contreras, Wisdom are all fine. They're all a little bit cheap outside of Contreras at 4-6, but he occupies the catcher spot there. So I'm not going to argue with it, but I mean, I'm all in on Bradish and it's partially a price play, partially an ownership play, partially an upside play. And I'm, that's all I can really say. But if you want to target him with one off power bats, Stevie's right. He has given up a home run every single start does give up some pop, not terrible hitting weather over in Baltimore, but I'm just all in on Bradish. Yeah, his biggest his biggest struggle this season is he's kind of reverse splits. His numbers against lefties really solid. His numbers against righties have really struggled. So a guy like Patrick Wisdom at 4,100 who has 12 home runs on the season with a ton of pop, he's someone that I love in this spot. Um, he, he might end up being like a core play for me today. Um, so I, I like him a lot. Ian Happ is 3,600, should hit towards the top of the lineup. Um, Schwindel, if you're going like a three-man stack, I could see using him or Horner. They're just cheap. The Cubs are cheap here, and they're on the road, so they're going to get that ninth inning. So I don't mind the Cubs. And then on the Baltimore side of things, I don't – my problem with, like, Baltimore is Mancini Mullins is fine. It's just – who do you pair with them? Do you go Rushman, I guess? Um, I mean, this is a talented prospect who really hasn't showed up yet. Um, but I think both of these teams are like more three-man stacks. And I, I think you could go either way. I think you play pitchers in this game. I think you could play bats in this game. Um, I could see this game going either way. Yeah, I actually like the Baltimore side of things. Again, decent hitting weather over in Baltimore. Mancini and Mullins are the immediate two that kind of stand off the page. But you can get Santander at 3.6K, Hayes at 3.9K, Mountcastle at 3.1K, Rushman at 4K. Like Rushman occupies his catcher spot. He's pretty solid overall bat. Um, but I, I, I like this stack too. Um, high total in this game. Again, I don't know why it's a pick up. Well, I guess I know why it's a pick up, but I don't know why the totals at nine here. Uh, I think it should be. I like Baltimore. I'm like, we'll just get to my pick for the end of the show. I like Baltimore minus 109. Uh, but these bats are just cheap and decent implied team total. I think the line moves more in Baltimore favor by the time uh, morning hits. I like this as a cheap stack, and I don't mind a full stack. I don't mind a mini stack. I'm fine with either. Up next, we got Detroit at Pittsburgh. This game has a seven total. The Tigers anywhere from 115 to 130. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and BetMGM has Tigers minus 115, I really like that line. Um, 
Scooball against Quintana. Let's talk Scooball first. Um, I love this spot for him. It, it's just 9,800 is, is still a little pricey, but I mean, this game is in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh offense, bottom, you know, 10 and a lot of stats against left-handed pitching this season. Um, I think this is a spot he could go out and just dominate the game. And we see one of those like classic 30 plus fantasy point games. So he's definitely in the conversation for me today. He's my second favorite pitcher. Scooball yeah. is an absolute fantastic spot. I mean, it's being played over in Pittsburgh. All right. Hitting weather, but Pittsburgh, not a great lineup. Decent amount of strikeouts. Scooball has been absolutely fantastic so far this season. Sub three X fit, nearly a two ERA, sitting around 28% K rate. This guy has been so good. Three of the last four games, up over 100 pitches. They'll let him go deeper into the games. Great matchup. Everything just points towards this being a great game where some of the other guys that are coming there up near the top in terms of pricing either don't have the best stuff or aren't in the best form or don't have the best matchups. But there's one other guy that I think is going to take most of the ownership right in this range. So Scooball is my favorite pitcher in the higher end on this slate. Yeah, I – Still think I probably end up Kyle Wright as yeah. my number one. Um, I think most people are going to do that. So yeah, I mean, if Verlander's in a good spot, Radon is in a good spot. I think Scooball, because of, I mean, all four of the guys priced above him on DraftKings are in good spots. So does he come in a little lower owned because there's just so many good pitchers on the slate? I think that could be the case here. Uh, Jose Quintana on the other side of this game still only allowed two home runs on the season. I mean, he pitched okay against the Dodgers last time out. He's done a good job of like just generating ground balls and soft contact this season. So in a start where like if Babbitt's on his side, he could put up 20 to 25 points. He put up 10 the first time he faced his team this season. I think there's better ceiling pitchers on the slate but I don't think I'm like running to stack against Quintana either. I, I kind of like Quintana on this one. I mean, he can end up in the hundred pitch range. He's been solid enough so far this season, saying around four X fit. His strikeouts haven't been great so far, right around league average, but he's shown higher strikeouts in the past. He's had some tough matches. I mean, he's already faced the Dodgers twice. He's faced Milwaukee and a couple of tough teams um, for lefties, St. Louis. Yeah. Just, Keeps getting it done, and even if he, for some reason, is just better than his XFIP should be, then he's a very solid play for a very good play going up against Detroit, who's just not a good lineup. If he's playing at his XFIP, 7.5K is probably still a little bit too cheap of a price tag. I mean, he's been solid, can go late enough into the games, going up against a high strikeout team. I like him at 7.5K. I don't think I'm going to get 25 points out of him, but looking at most of the guys right around this price tag, I don't think I'm going to get 25 points out of any of them either. I mean, pretty much Whitlock is the only other guy between six and a half and eight K that can even come close. Everyone else is in a tough matchup. So he's right in this kind of dead zone in terms of pitchers, which maybe you have something different on one of the guys that we get to later. Love to hear because right now I'm just kind of stuck on. We're already my three favorite pitchers on the slate outside of maybe one or two high price guys, but I'm probably going to have the majority of my pitchers be in these two games here. Um, Detroit bats. Like I said, I don't 
I mean, I'm not jumping off the page. I, Javi Baez is 3,900 facing a lefty. Um, I mean, that's somewhat appealing, but I don't see myself ending up on too many, if any, Detroit players here. Yeah, really, Baez is the only one. I mean, like I said, Quintana has been pretty good, um, but still, he is a lefty. Baez has a platoon split. Quintana isn't a huge strikeout guy. I think you can take a shot on Torkelson. Um, I mean, he's got some pop. He's cheap. I know he hasn't been great so far this season, but not a huge strikeout bat. And just I like that price tag. But outside of that, really no one else is interesting in pretty much the rest of this game. Yeah, I don't have any interest in the Pittsburgh bats. Um, Hayes is probably my favorite, but he's 4,800. I'm not playing him. He has two home runs on the season. Um Reynolds is a good hitter. It's just, again, I just don't see myself using any of these guys today. St. Louis at Tampa Bay, seven and a half total in this game. Raised a 145 favorites. We got Hudson against Springs. Um, any interest here in Dakota Hudson? I mean, he has been terrible so far this season. I mean, his ERA is pretty drastically lower than his XFIP. But he just doesn't – he's cheap at 5.7K. I'm all in on Bradish, so pretty much don't need him. But outside of that, just doesn't strike out a ton of guys. So you're really not going to get a ceiling game unless he's super efficient. Yes, he's going up against a team with a decent K rate, but they can also get him into trouble. He's just, for some reason, gotten lucky all season long. I think he's going to draw a decent amount of ownership because people are going to see that sub-3 ERA. And I don't think it's worth it here. I know it's a good ballpark. I know he's putting up decent fantasy points, but 5.7K probably isn't worth it for a guy sitting at 13% K rate. I think he's playable today. Um, I'm not like either. I'm not 100% on Bradish. Um, I think Hudson at 5,700 in Tampa against Tampa, two, two of their best bats, if not the two best bats in the lineup with Lau and Franco out. I mean, helps tremendously. This team, strikeout-wise, helps tremendously for a pitcher. I think he could get four or five strikeouts, pitch six innings, and if he gives up one run, we're looking at, what, 18 to 22 DraftKings points of 5,700. That's super, super good. Um, so I think Hudson's in play. Springs on the other side of this game. I mean, Jeffrey Springs has talent. He is a talented prospect. It's just... He's facing a very, very right-handed heavy team, and I struggle with that. Yeah, no, that's entirely fair. I mean, the numbers so far this season have been very good for Springs. He is super talented. So far, he's actually been a little bit reverse splitsy, which I don't know if that'll it, – it for sure won't hold up at the same rate it has been. But the guy has a solid overall changeup. The strikeouts have been there sitting around 30%. Going 80 to 85 pitches, same thing as all raised pitchers. They'll let him go five to six innings two times through the lineup and then kind of give him the yank. I think that Springs is probably going to end up being the chalk here on this slate. I know the pitch count isn't fantastic, but and obviously facing a ton of righties isn't great, but he has so far been a reverse split pitcher. So I, I'm not going to be surprised if I end up rolling out some Springs Bradish lineups just because that price tag of 6.3K, even with an 80 pitch count going up against a tough St. Louis team, still in a good ballpark. I think Springs is a solid play and one of the better plays under 7K outside of Bradish. You know, Jeffrey Springs was a Red Sox. 
Um, I do. Yeah, he was traded. Um, for rule uh, rule of thumb is just never trade to the Rays. As soon as they show interest in someone, you know you've got a great player. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, and he worked a lot of the bullpen. So the fact that like they're converting him into the starter, eighty-five pitches last time out, over eighty-three straight starts. I mean, the, he he has stuff, and I mean, I think he's interesting. I think it also depends on like what the St. Linus St. Louis lineup looks like as well. Um, so we'll see. Cause I was reading something that I think Tyler O'Neill could be back for this game. Um, I thought that's something that popped up yesterday on Twitter that I was reading. So, I mean, that obviously adds a tougher, tougher bat and Dylan Carlson, I know was getting close too. So like, he might get like a full strength St. Louis lineup. And I mean, that's a little concerning um, with Goldie Arnado already in there. You add O'Neill. Yep. This is a guy that has shown power. Um, so I think he's, he's interesting. I don't know if I end up on him today. Um, St. Louis bats. I think if you're playing St. Louis, you're stacking. I don't see using one-offs against Springs. I just think if you're, if you're playing and you're attacking Springs, you hope that he gives up a couple home runs and you get him out early, you get the bad part of the Tampa bullpen. But, I mean, you got to remember one thing about Tampa. They are one of the top five bullpens in baseball. So, you know, is there a bad part of this bullpen? And are they even going to use it? So um, that's the only thing that, like, stack or nothing for me on St. Louis. Yeah, I think the stack is largely contingent on Springs being heavily owned in this spot. I think it's mostly a leverage move here, yes, Pretty much everyone has great numbers versus lefties. But like I said, Springs really hasn't done that badly versus righties. He's sitting at a 31% K rate, not giving up a ton of home runs. So I don't know if I, just from a numbers perspective, want to play anyone here. But it's all based off of leverage, off of Springs potential ownership. But we have to wait and see where that's going to land at tomorrow. I mean, if everyone's as high on him as I am, then I think that he'll come in around 30% own in this spot just because there's not a ton of cheap options. So if he's going to be heavily owned, stack up the cards. If he's not, then I have absolutely no reason to play any of them. Um, Any interest in the Tampa bats here? I mean, Hudson hasn't like is is due for some pretty big negative regression and he does not strike out a lot of guys still gets a decent amount of ground balls and isn't going to, give up a ton of damage. I don't know. I mean, it's just not a great lineup right now that I want to play at all. And you never know who's going to get pinch hit for with the lefties. So Zunino, probably the main bat, maybe a Rosarina, but I'm largely staying away outside of that. It's tough, right? Because I mean, if you take Lau and or Lau and um, Franco out of lineup, it's like, it's really tough. Because it's like, you know, these are the two bats I really want to build a stack around for Tampa. So Oakland at Atlanta, Cole Irvin, Kyle Wright, eight and a half total in this game. The Braves, a 240 favorite. Um, any interest here in the lefty Cole Irvin? Nah, he's going to get smashed. Yeah, this is a this is tough. This is a tough team to face left-handed pitching. Um, they're top five. I mean, they lead the league in ISO. They're top five in WRC+. Plus. Um, I think they lead baseball in hard hit rate against left-handed pitching. So it's just a it's a tough matchup for any lefty. And, I mean, Cole Irvin isn't the 
the best lefty. He's done a great job of limiting home runs this season, um, except for his start against his former team. I think it was his first start of the season. They rocked him. Uh, Kyle Wright, 10-1, getting the one of the easiest matchups in baseball. Oakland, uh, this kid has talent. He has good strikeout stuff. He is at the top of the board for me today. Yeah, I think that's going to be the same way with a lot of people. I think everyone's kind of going to target him with Rodon coming into this game and a little bit rougher form and Verlander just being a bit more expensive. I mean, we all know that a matchup versus the A's is just the best one you can possibly have. Well, not not be the biggest strikeout matchup. There's not a single good bat in there, right? Has been sitting pretty at under 3x fit pretty much all season long. His K racing right around 30%. He's a little bit of sticker shock still at over 10K, but he's absolutely been paying it off for a while now. Um, consistent, putting up 20-plus and 80% of his starts so far. So, yeah, Kyle Wright. I still prefer Scooball, and I think Scooball is going to go a little bit less owned. There is still decent hitting weather over in Atlanta. It's supposed to be 80 and pretty humid. So I have no problem with Wright, and if he is – if more people are going to be on the Noah, Rodon, and Verlander than I think, I'll end up playing him a decent amount. But as of right now, the main thing I worry about is ownership, and I'm going to pivot over to Scooball. Um, no interest for me on the Oakland bats. Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. Nothing at all for me. Atlanta, though, I think they're one of the top sacks on the slate. Um, Ozuna, 4,500. Albies, 4,600. Duvall, 3K. There's three of the guys that I start with. And then do I, you know, I obviously want Acuna and Riley in there. Like, I love the Atlanta stack in the spot. You know, it's an easy way to fit them in. Play Bradish. Play Bradish. Ah. Real real similar. There's a reason why I like him so much on the slate and why I like uh, whatever his name was, Springs. It's easy to fit up for a high-priced stack. And, I mean, Atlanta's in a fantastic spot. Good hitting weather. Some of the best on the slate. They're going up against a lefty who has limited home runs, but that's largely due to him playing over in Oakland, which where it's one of the toughest places to hit home runs. I don't think it's going to fully continue, even though his hard hit rate is right around league, league average. I really like all the Atlanta bats. I mean, Riley, Swanson, Acuna, Olsen even in a lefty-lefty matchup. I don't care. Albies, Ozuna. Day or no Duval, you can stack it every which way, which I plan on doing today. I haven't mass multi entered in a while. I'm thinking I'm going to do it on this slate, just lock in Bradish and go way over the field on Atlanta. Let's go. I love Atlanta. Um, like I said, I'm with you on them. One of the reasons that I like Wright so much is just, I mean, yeah, it, it's tough. Um, I mean, I think he's just going to cruise in this game and pitching with a lead, I think is always a great thing. So up next, we got the Yankees at the twins. No total in this game. It seems like it's going to be Cole Sands and Jamison Tyon. Um, I don't really know what to expect out of Sands. His first start, they let him go 91 pitches. So Jamison Tyon, 9,500 going up against Minnesota coming off of three really strong performances against three strong teams. Is Jamison Tyon back is the question. I don't know. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Um, he's been really, really solid so far recently. I mean, pretty much the entire uh, Yankees lineup has been really good recently. Tyon, though, I just don't know. I mean, his strikeouts haven't been great. 
He's playing a little bit ahead of his projected numbers. I mean, he has an XFIP, a full run higher. Um, strikeout rate still sitting under 20%. Does not walk anyone, which helps him go a little bit later on to the game. So that's why he's kind of been going late into the game recently. Um, Minnesota is a decent strikeout lineup, so I could see him putting up 25 points here. But I think that he's going to going to regress a little bit in terms of his ERA. Um, he's bound to. So I don't – I just don't know. Um, 9.5K, again, we have so many other options here. If he's going to come in entirely unowned, then that's fine. But as of right now, he's not a guy that's fully on my radar as a guy I want to play. I want to see his ownership, and I want to see the Twins lineup. I'm going to hold out on until I see both of those things. So, I mean, depending on, like, what Twins lineup we get here and depending on the ownership for him – I I want to see because I think Correa is still going to be out. I think the last report was like middle of the week and garlic is banged up right now. So I just want to see what Minnesota runs out there for this matchup. Um, so I'm holding out my take on him. I think that a pitcher that's feeling it right now in, you know, Minnesota instead of in New York is obviously somewhat interesting. I don't think I have any interest in Cole Sands here, though. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. Like, he's gotten super unlucky in a short amount of innings here. I got up to 91 pitches in his last start. His numbers in the minors were actually pretty solid. His numbers so far in the majors haven't been bad. Sitting at 5.8K, but it's just such a tough matchup versus the Yankees. On a different slate, like if there weren't wasn't Springs, if there wasn't Bradish, if there wasn't White, if there wasn't Marquez, like there's so many cheap options. While he does, I think, offer some of the most upside considering his strikeout rate, it's just such a tough matchup going up against the Yankees. I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can pull the trigger on another another slate. I'd end up with a large amount of him, but it's just so tough with this matchup right now. Yeah, I mean, he has a above-average curveball. I mean, that's his big thing is he has a very, very good curveball. Um, so maybe dig into the curveball stats. But I, I think just overall, I don't end up on him because, I mean, it's so tough to play anybody against the Yankees, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'd do it. But, I mean, I definitely think I like the Yankees stack, too. You know, even looking back at like some of his double A and triple A numbers, he has struggled with some fly balls and like triple A. We didn't, he didn't pitch triple A very long this season. Um, but I mean, he was struggling with fly balls and home runs. So with a full, like healthy Yankees team, I definitely think a stack is in play here. Yeah, stack, a mini stack, one off power. I'm not going to argue with it. Like I said, Sand's been pretty solid so far this season, at least in comparison to what his price tag is and what his ERA is. But he does give up a decent amount of home runs, gave up a lot in AAA, gave up a ton of fly balls in AA. Um, that's not really going to change considering he pretty much relies fastball, curveball, a little bit of a changeup. So he's going to struggle versus righties. So Judge, Stanton, Donaldson, LeMahieu even at 4.2K, I don't mind. But the big power hitters, if you want to throw Rizzo in there just to round out your stack, that's fine. I probably will a little bit. But yeah, I'm targeting the power righties with Sam's big fly balls. 
I don't have any interest in the Minnesota side. I mean, Buxton under 5K would be the only guy that I think I'd play here. Yeah, same. All right, we got the Dodgers at the White Sox. Eight and a half total in this game. The Dodgers, a 125 favorites. Mitch White, Michael Kopech, any interest here in Mitch White? I mean, a little bit. He got up to 78 pitches in his last start. Could get up to close to 90 in this start, potentially. His numbers so far on the season haven't been bad. Solid strikeout rate. Price tag is 6.1K. Like I said, there's a lot of cheap pitching on the slate. You can get 18 points out of him, 20 points out of him, potentially. Um, So I don't mind it. Tough matchup going up against the White Sox, but Mitch White is in play. There's just other guys I prefer. Yeah, I don't think I end up on him, but I will say um, the White Sox have not been the best team in baseball this season against right-handed pitching. Um, They have been one of the best teams in baseball against lefties, and they have struggled a ton this year um, against right-handed pitching. I think they're like 28th in WRC Plus and WOBA against right-handed pitching this season. So they just don't strike out. I mean – so he's coming off a start where he had seven strikeouts, but he's coming off a start where he faced Pittsburgh. Um, when we look back at some teams that are actually good, he really didn't show like major strikeout stuff. So I don't think I play Mitch Wyatt. I think I like some of the cheaper players better. Michael uh, Kopech, one of my favorite young, talented pitchers in baseball, but not against the Dodgers. Nope. No chance at all. 9.2K. Due for some serious negative regression. Gets a little bit wild. Doesn't strike out as many guys as he did last year. Going to be good, but that price tag is just silly considering he's facing the Dodgers. And like Muncie, I don't know if he gets activated for this game, but he's like super close to being back um, as well. So, yeah, I just no no interest for me um, in Copeg. And I, I mean, I feel like it's a broken record, but I'm going to, I say it every day. Like you can stack the Dodgers against anybody on any slate. I like them. Like I said, Kopech, while he's sitting at 2.2 ERA, his XFIPs close to five right now. Super wild. Just getting super lucky in home run to fly ball variants. Super lucky with Babbitt. His Babbitt last year was 304. This year it's 189. Like this guy, great prospect, great young pitcher. Could end up being very good. Was very good last season. But so far, he just hasn't been able to find the strike zone like he used to. I really like the Dodgers stack to get day. And again, super easy because I'm paying down for pitching. Yeah, and, you know, Kopech's a top 30 prospect in baseball. He has good stuff. Electric fastball, above average slider. He's like top three in the White Sox organization and prospects. He is – he's there. It's just – I mean – Tommy John's in 2019 or 2018. Um, and like, we're still waiting to see like, can he do it? Is he going to be one of the the guys that like we always kind of expected? So I don't mind stacking against him. Um, like you said, his XF and Sierra much higher than the ERA running very, very good. Um, the one thing that I'll say is he doesn't give up a ton of hard contact, but I mean, it's the Dodgers. I don't need to get into it too much. So. I also think, like, I don't know, like, what makes this decision, but I think Kopech would be, like, a, like an elite closer. I really think he'd be, like, an elite closer where he just – he could get the control a little bit better and just has to come in and, like, shut out a game. Like, the dude has stuff, and I would not want to face him in the ninth. But 
listen, I am, I am a guy that's sitting in a chair in an office, nowhere near the front office of a baseball team. So um, any interest in the White Sox bats here? No, not really. I mean, what my Mitch White is a pretty solid overall pitcher. I mean, I do kind of like the price tags of Mikata, Abreu. They can round out with Sheets, Grandal. Um, but I'm a little bit higher on my, Mitch White. I want to keep going and call him Mike White. Um, not great hitting weather. Uh, I'm fine with him. I, I, I probably won't end up playing any White Sox. Seattle at Houston. Flex and Verlander in this one. Seven and a half total. Astros a two fifty favorites. Um, probably not enough. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any interest here in Chris Flexen? A guy that doesn't strike out guys going up against the low strikeout team. No. Yeah, five point six x FIP, sixteen percent Ks. Massive fly ball pitcher. Um, nope. Nope. Uh, Javier struggled against the Seattle team on monday burned a lot of people that played him verlander having a really strong season five percent walks 25 percent k's 10-6 there's a lot of elite pitchers on this slate that i like seattle's low-key a really solid team and this is the third time or fourth time he's faced them this season um dominated them the first time the next two times they got him a little bit um four times in a season ton of elite pitching do we fade verlander here yeah, 10.6K. I don't think it's worth it. I mean, he's not the same pitcher he used to be. He's been very solid this year, but his strikeout rate's mid-20s as compared to mid-30s like it was before. He's been super good. He's due for some negative regression, um, but still an overall fairly good pitcher. But the way he's pitched so far this season is not Cy Young caliber. He's just gotten pretty lucky. Again, very good pitcher. Just probably not worth his 10.6K price tag going up against an underrated Mariners lineup. They are underrated. They really are. Um, I mean, it's, it wasn't a fluke that they got Javier, you know, just kind of looking overall um, at the season. They're like borderline top 10 in a lot of statistics against right-handed pitching this season. And Yeah, guess who's got money on them to win the World Series at 110 to 1. <laughs> Aren't you a Seattle fan, though? <laughs> yep. Bet them every year at really bad odds. And just it's my favorite use of a free bet right now. So it's your it's your thing that like every year, like, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it every year. <laughs> I mean, I it, I just I, I just want to be doubly disappointed. <laughs> you know, that that year, though, that like they do win a world series. Not only are you going to be like super happy as a fan, you're going to be like super happy because you have it and it hit. Right. It's going to, at some point it's going to pay for a new Tesla. There you go. Um, All right. Let's talk bats here. Any interest in the Seattle bats against Verlander? Even though I'm not a huge fan of Verlander at this price tag, I'm not going to play 5k Ty France, 5.1k Rodriguez. Like these guys are just too expensive facing a very good Verlander. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, if you, you want to try to pinpoint a home run, um, they hit four home runs against him last time they played him. Um, I think he's allowed five home runs outside of that one game on the season. Um, so I don't know. I don't think I can do it. If you want to try to pinpoint a home run with like, 
a Rodriguez or a Ty France or a Suarez as one-offs. They're just expensive, low-owned low one-offs, I guess. Um, I love the Houston stack. They're right up there with the Braves and the Dodgers for me today. Um, I love this spot against, like you said, a, a guy that just doesn't strike anybody out against a team that is going to make contact. Yeah, again, it's a great day to pay down for pitching because Houston, another team in a great spot, going up against a pitcher that really does not strike guys out, gives up a ton of hard contact, balls put in play a lot. It's just a recipe for disaster for Chris Flexen. And Jordan Alvarez absolutely crushes the ball. Brantley's under 4K. Bregman, Altuve are both right at 5K. Tucker, great play. Pena, a little expensive. Um, but you can round it off with any of the cheap bats, Gary L, Castro, Siri, whoever is in the lineup at the bottom of Cormac, whoever's in there. Because Flexen just doesn't really strike guys out and gives up a bunch of hard contact. So this is a perfect spot for a team like Houston to just put up four home runs and eight total runs. Yeah, I'd really like Jordan Alvarez to go yard right now in the game that he's currently playing, and that would be fantastic. Um, well, here's hoping for that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I do. I like Houston a lot in this spot. All right, Toronto at Kansas City. Alec Manoa, Brad Keller facing off in this one. Oh, there's a line out now. Eight and a half. Blue Jays, a 200 favorite. Um, Alec Manoa, 10K, getting a good matchup here against Kansas City. I think he's solid. I don't think he's my favorite, but I think he's super solid. Yeah, I think I prefer him to Rodon, to Verlander, um, probably not to Wright or Scooball. So he's probably number three in terms of spin-up. I mean, this guy's super talented. Again, another guy that's due for some negative regression, but still solid overall pitcher. Going up against the Royals, decent strikeout lineup, decent K rate. Probably not getting 30 points out of him, although he can be so efficient that you easily can in any given spot. But not a bad payup. Again, prefer Scooball, prefer right but he's right up there with the rest of the high-priced pitchers. Yeah, the thing about Manoa is he doesn't typically walk people. He does have good strikeout stuff, 12, 12.5% swinging strike rate, 23% Ks. The current Royals lineup most nights, they don't walk and they have plenty of strikeouts. So, And really, Witt, Perez, Dozier are like the power bats in the lineup. So I think Alec Manoa is super solid in this spot. Um I like Wright more, but I, I do think Manoa is very much in play. Uh, Brad Keller, though, on the other side of this game, nope. <laughs> yeah, a guy that's staying at 13% strikeouts, not really doing anything great, and it's just not a great pitcher overall. He's just all right going up against a very good Toronto lineup. Nope, not doing it. All right, bats in this game. Um, Keller, when he has struggled, it is with hard contact. He does generate a ton of ground balls. Um, my only concern with Toronto here is Bichette, Vlad, Tioscar are all big ground ball hitters. Um, man, I could see him just getting like really lucky with Babip in this game and the stack not working, but I could also see the stack like having a really good game here. Yeah, I really like the stack. Another. Another high press stack that I'm going to have a decent amount of. I mean, yes, Keller can get a decent amount of ground balls here, but still gives up an above average amount of home runs going up against a team with a lot of pop. 
temperature is going to be pretty good over in Kansas City, going to be humid and 80 degrees. So above average hitting conditions, especially this year. I I like the Toronto stack, probably not top three, but they're up there as one of my favorite stacks. And I really like Vlad and Springer. Any interest in the Kansas City bats here? Manoa's just been good. He's not going to give up a ton of fantasy points. And this lineup isn't, isn't cheap and isn't great. Yeah, I like stacking more against a pitcher. I feel like is going to walk people and struggle a little bit. And that's just not been Alec Manoa this yeah. season. A guy like Kopech, not a guy like Manoa. Right. Philadelphia at Milwaukee taking on the Brewers. I almost said Bucks. Uh, <laughs> Rangers Suarez going up against Alexander in this game. Eight and a half total. Pick them game. Any interest here in Rangers Suarez? I mean, that price tag, he, he was very good last season. But this season has just kind of been mediocre, sitting at 8.2K. Not really the easiest matchup in the world going up against Milwaukee. Not really the best ballpark here. Kutchin can hit lefties pretty well. I just don't see a big outing from here from him here. I mean, he does get ground balls, so I don't know if I'm stacking against him. But if he was around 7K, it'd be a different story. 8.2K is just too much. Yeah, I don't think I play him today, but Milwaukee is much better against right-handed pitching than they are against left-handed pitching. I'm just going to say that. Um, it's true. A lot of their best hitters are lefties, although my help if Adamas and Renfro get back. Yeah. Um, Jason Alexander on the other side of this game made his debut last time out. Seven innings against the Cubs through 90 Seven pitches. Um, I mean, we look at his AAA numbers this season. Low strikeout pitcher. Seems like he's going to pitch to ground balls. Um, and that's exactly what we kind of saw in his first start. He had 18 batted balls and 16 of them were ground balls. So, um, yeah, I don't know what to do with him here at 6,400. I don't know. I don't think he has the ceiling as some of these other guys in this price range. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's uh just not a big enough strikeout guy. He may limit damage. Um but massive ground ball rate, not much strikeouts, not really the best control in the world. You're not getting a big outing here. Plenty of other cheap options. I'm not playing him. I don't think I'm stacking against him though. No. Like looking at like his ground ball number, like he has he has the makings of being like an elite ground ball pitcher. Um, doesn't give up really hardly any fly balls or home runs just in general. And like, this is like years of minor league stats I'm looking at here. So I don't think this is a guy that I'll play, but I also don't think I want to play like a, a good sinker ball, like a good sinker ball um, pitcher against like hitters against that guy. So I think I'm going to pass on the bats from Philly as well. Yeah. It's like facing what is it, Valdez. He's a, Valdez. which Houston picture is it? It's Valdez. It's Valdez. Yeah. 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 It's like playing him. You're not getting, you may, he may give up a few runs, give up a few walks, give up a few singles, but you're not getting too many bombs out of him. So with the price tags being what they are, maybe Schwarber, maybe Harper with the platoon split, but it's really it. Um, any interest in the Milwaukee bats here? I'll play Kutch at 3.5K, maybe Taylor at 3.6K, but Suarez isn't really a bad ground ball pitcher either. Um, so 
just not really a great spot for either of them. But if I'm targeting anyone, it's McCutcheon with his fantastic numbers versus lefties and Taylor, both of them under 4K. Yeah, I mean, Adamus, I think if you want to make it like a three-man stack, he's supposed to be activated. He's 4,400. He has good numbers against lefties. Is Renfro supposed to be activated? I didn't see anything on him. Um, I think they like said that he could be activated on like Thursday or Friday last week and they were going to give him a couple extra days. So, I mean, if they get Renfro and Adama's back here, you throw in McCutcheon, you have a nice little three man stack. Um, and Taylor, yeah, you can actually, you can both Adamas, stack, yeah, I mean, yeah. you can stack them here, yeah, and they're not expensive. All right, yeah, if McCutcheon, if Renfro and Adamas are back, I'm fine with the stack. Um, you can even throw Urias in there if you really want to make it a five man, just because it's not going to be that expensive. You can get double barrel pitcher. Um, but if they're out, then I'm, I'm probably out on the Milwaukee stack, just one off with McCutcheon and Taylor. All right, we got Boston at LA taking on the Angels. No total in this game. Dietmers and Whitlock facing off. Uh, any interest here in Garrett Whitlock? I mean, he's 6.9k. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I got you. Yeah, he is. He is fairly cheap. I mean, the guy has solid enough strikeout numbers. Angels isn't really an easy matchup. Um, strange enough, coming off of a zero strikeout game, um, but like he's under seven K. Guy's got a twenty five percent K rate, sitting under a four x FIP. Not going to go terribly late in the game, so you're kind of in the same situation as you have with Springs, which. Springs has an easier matchup, in my opinion. So I don't know if I'm going to end up with Whitlock. And again, it's just one of those slates where there's too many good cheap options. I don't think I play Whitlock in this spot, but I will say, like, the lineup that Waka got on Monday, there was a ton of strikeouts in that Angels lineup. And you're just. You're really just kind of hoping like Trout and Otani don't beat you. Um, and even if you what it like what if he gets eight strikeouts, and he gives up a couple bombs to Otani and Trout, he probably still gets there at sixty nine hundred though. Um, the more I think about it, the more I think he is not a terrible play here because they're the bottom half of that lineup with some injuries right now to the Angels. Like it's bad. There's a lot of strikeouts here, so. I could see Whitlock having like an eight strikeout game. He struck out nine against this team earlier this season. Um, I could see him having a really strong outing and striking out a bunch in this game. So I think he gives a couple runs up, but I mean, at 6,900, you know, your pitcher is probably going to give up a couple runs. So uh, the other side, Dietmers, I have no interest. Um, I love the Red Sox stack in this spot. So no interest for me on De- Dietmers. Yeah, right there with you. Red Sox have been just great at hitting recently outside tonight. Um, Detmer's just not – he had a no-hitter, and that, that's pretty much it. And even that no-hitter, he had two strikeouts. The guy is sitting <laughs> under a 25% K rate. That, I know I know how many strikeouts he had because I bet the over on strikeouts and didn't get it in a no-hitter, which is a first for me. Um, but, yeah, like just not as good of a hitter. He's mostly this price tag because of his no-no. It's kind of it. Like he's just not really worth it at 8.5 K going up against a very good Red Sox hitting team right now. Yeah, I'm out, man. I, like I said, I like the Red Sox here. 
I think this is a great spot for them. Kiki Hernandez, um, JD Martinez. Yeah, I mean, I could start naming a ton of guys, but I love the Red Sox in this spot. Bogart, Story, Dahlbeck. Yeah, all these yeah. guys are very, very much in play. Like Story, he has a 43% K rate this season against lefties, but he also has a 350 ISO and a 48% hard hit rate. So with the Deepers not being a huge strikeout guy, like this is a spot like I am teeing up a Story home run and can't wait to see what his home run prop is on this slate. I guess it's probably plus 370. I was hoping more like 450, but we'll t- I mean, 370, I think three to one here is, I think he has a good chance at home run. So I don't, I don't mind that. Uh, Angels, I mean, Trout and Otani, it's just really hard to, like, I, I struggled. I stacked the Angels on, on Monday's slate and I just struggled to put together like an Angels stack. Like, I closed my eyes and did it, but. Um, I just struggled. You know, you get Otani and Trout in there, and then like you're playing like Walsh, you know, and like Adele and like guys like this, and it's just, I mean, yeah, I don't know. And the same thing. I mean, for a little while there with Ward, it was different, but yeah, it's, it's Rendon's out they, too. Like two, yeah. like two of their better hitters are out. Yeah, I mean, the top of their lineup is stacked when those guys are healthy. When they're not, it's just kind of a trash lineup and goes back to what the Angels were last year, which is Otani and Trout one-offs. That's kind of it. All right, we got Mets at Padres. Uh, Walker against you, Darvish, in this one. Seven and a half total. Padres, a 125 favorites. Um, any interest here in Tajon Walker? No, he's a fraud, and I will continue saying that, and I will continue losing money on him being a fraud, but he is a fraud. Doesn't strike out, guys, like at all, and yet is sitting at a 2.88 ERA. He's not good. And even though this San Diego lineup isn't great right now, just don't play Walker. Yeah, I mean, Carrasco is my highest on pitcher on Monday, and I don't like touchdown Walker here. The Padres lineup is is trash. Um, Walker is a huge ground ball guy. It just, I mean, under 10% swinging strikes, 12.5% K rate, 5x FIP, like you said. Um, his under three ERA is is not is not the real number. Um, advanced stats say he's gonna have some massive regression here. So I don't know if it happens in this spot, but I definitely don't think I want to play him over some of these strikeout guys. I'd rather take some shots on and then you Darvish on the other side of this game, as much as I like you Darvish in general, I do not want to play right-handed pitching against the Mets this year. They have just not struck out. They remind me of like the Houston team for like the last few years where they just don't strike out and they're really tough to just get ceiling games against. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Darvish really hasn't been the greatest sitting under 20% K rate when he hasn't been under a 20%, 7% K rate pretty much his entire career. I mean, he's a good pitcher, just struggling this year. I mean, there's no reason to think he's going to get together versus a low strikeout Mets team. So I'm out on him. Um, Bats in this game. I mean, as good as the Mets have been, they're just, they're really expensive in this spot. So, I mean, I think it's stack or fade. Yeah, I'm probably more on the fade train, but I could see what they're probably going to come in it. 2% ownership, 3% ownership. They're five points. Like all the main guys are mid 5K. 
and they're going up against Darvish, which still has a lot of name recognition and hasn't been an awful pitcher this year, just hasn't the same guy he has been in the past. I don't expect anyone really to play him. So I don't know if they come in that low owned, then I'll probably be double, triple the field on him. Is Darvish a pitcher that allows stolen bases? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think he allows a ton. He allows some. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I stacked the Mets yesterday or Monday is because, you know, Snell just is terrible at holding on runners and the Mets will run. So um, the Mets are a team that will run. So I need to look into Darvish as far as that, too, because, I mean, that adds that adds upside to the stack. You know, a single turns into a stolen base and a potential run and like you're almost getting a home run at that point. So, um, Padres bats. I mean, they just, they've struggled this year and Walker's a good ground ball pitcher. I don't see myself stacking the Padres here. Yeah, no. Um, as much as I hate Walker, the weather isn't great in San Diego for hitting today. So I'm out on them. Rockies, Giants, seven and a half total. Giants, a 200 favorite. We got Marquez and Rendon. Um, Herman Marquez, 5,300 outside of Coors. If he was facing anybody but San Francisco, I like when he's on the road. It's just the Giants are a really good team. Yeah, they're a good team. They're probably going to tune out a lot of guys, which, I mean, Marquez really hasn't been striking out much of anyone so far this year, but historically he's been a much better K pitcher versus left or versus righties than he has versus lefties and a much better pitcher versus righties than he has versus lefties still ground generates a decent amount of ground balls to lefties, but it's just not a spot where I'm going to see that much upside. He is 5.3 K. I do think he's in play. I probably will have some shares of him, Um, but radish play radish instead. Carlos Rodon on the other side of this game. You know the Rockies lead baseball against left-handed pitching in WOBA? Their fifth lowest strikeout, the fifth highest ISO, um, and I think they're fifth in WRC+. Plus. Like They're a tough team against left-handed pitching this season. Yeah, they play half their games in cores. Um, Carlos Rodon dominated this team earlier this season. He struggled recently. Is this a get-right spot for him? I mean, it could be. I don't know. It's just so tough because it's not like he's been striking out a ton of guys and just getting unlucky. The control hasn't been there. Three walks against Cincinnati, four walks against San Diego's hasn't had over six K's in any of the last four outings. I think something might be wrong with him right now, which is kind of why if he's going to go completely unowned, I think you can take a shot on him because there is a chance going up against Colorado. He could end up with 10 plus strikeouts here. But it's just tough to do. So I'm going to wait and see where projection systems have him at, where ownership has him at, because I could see projection systems spitting out him being one of the top overall plays on the entire slate and him being heavily owned in this spot. So that's that's what I'm kind of worried about. It all depends on ownership. But they're playing over in San Francisco, obviously a great spot for pitchers. And most of his struggles have come on the road recently, going up against Cincinnati, Philly, and St. Louis on the road. One decent start was against San Diego. That was at home. So it could be he's just better off at home, can attack pitchers more, less likely to give up a home run that way because it's in San Francisco. So basically, I don't hate it. If he's going to go low, 
single digit ownership, I'm I'm absolutely all aboard on him. If he comes in chalky, I kind of like the Rockies stack. I don't think I can do that. I don't. I, I mean, yeah. In same, if it was in a different ballpark, it's yeah. You're probably right. If this game was in cores, maybe, but yeah. But even if this game was like if Rodon pitched for I don't know the Phillies and it was in Philadelphia, that'd be a different story. But I just don't think I can stack up the Rockies versus a good pitcher in San Francisco. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I don't. You know, on the Giants side, Yaz and Lestella and Jock, they're all just kind of expensive. Jock Peters, 13 homes on, home runs on the season. He has been hitting the ball really well this year. Marquez is a, a pitcher that, I mean, can give up the long ball. Uh, Crawford's 4,100. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to see, like, Jock, like, DHing. So, I don't know. I mean, getting pinch hit for is just – the Giants are such a tough team to stack. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in San Francisco. I don't pinch hit risk and terrible weather, terrible ballpark. I just, I, I, I'm, it's a general rule to stay away unless it's a really good matchup. But Marquez is really not that bad of a pitcher. And realistically, this season, he hasn't been that bad of a pitcher. He's just gotten fairly unlucky. I mean, you look at his, overall season XFIP and it's under four. He just had a 20% home run to fly ball rate, which a lot of that's playing in cores, just going to happen. But overall, he hasn't been that awful pitcher. He's still sitting over 50% ground balls in a bad ballpark. I just don't think, I don't think I can do it. Do the abs win? What's that? I just got a notification. Oh my gosh. The abs won in overtime. There you go. Um, fun fact, though, Grant, as far as like the Rockies are concerned or the Giants are concerned, the Rockies have the worst bullpen numbers in baseball this season. I'm not surprised by that at all. You want to? Do you want to guess the top the top three, like top bottom three? I guess bullpens in baseball this year. Um, I do not. And the only reason I know this is I was looking at earlier. It's the Rockies, the Reds, and the Kansas City Royals. There you go. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. I think we all know it's it's going to be Braddish for you today. It's Braddish. It is Braddish. <laughs> we all knew. <laughs> yeah, it was no secret. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little off the board here and go Garrett Whitlock against the Angels. Um, over 8K to score under 15. Who is your bust today? Kopech. All right, I'm going you Darvish against the Mets. Over 4K to go yard today. Who's hitting a bomb? Yordan. Oh, you took my pick. Yeah, I like I it. it might be. Um, give me Trevor Story is over 4K, right? Yeah, give me Trevor Story to go yard. Under 4K to get two hits. Who do you like? Uh, this one's a tougher one. I'm staying up for pretty much every lineup today. Uh, I'll go Duvall. Duval. Um, I'm gonna go Michael Brantley. They might both be singles, but I think he has a good chance to get two hits against Flexen. Um, stack to score six or more runs. Atlanta. Yeah, hot Atlanta. Give me the Red Sox. I like Boston today. Um, any bets standing out to you here night before? I mean, I think I already mentioned at the top of the show, Baltimore is gonna win. There you go. I like it. 
We are going to get out of here. Hope everyone has an awesome Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. Hey, kids.